Hey there, thanks for tuning in to this episode of While We Were Working. While We Were Working is the show that helps people leaders who want to empower people at work. And we cover topics I've not been able to pay attention to. Why? Because you were busy working. We've got a great show today. We're going to talk about affirmative action hiring. And we're going to talk about remote workers and if they're covered for injuries in their own home. I can't do the show by myself. So this week I'm always joined. Well, this week I'm joined by our consulting practice manager, Summer Kichon, who always joins us faithfully on the show. Summer, what's up? How you doing? Hey, Joey. I'm doing great. Thanks. You know, it's so wild. I know I say this every time we have a new month, but I can't believe it's October. Not really sure where the year went, but I am excited that we are approaching, fast approaching show 100. Uh, so things are good. How about you over there? You know, uh, I, I feel like, you know, I blinked and we were at show one doing this for the first time together. But but yeah, this year, this year's going by fast. October's my favorite time of the year. It's footy season here in Maryland, so I get to wear shirts with hats on them that can cover my so, ears. Um, and then what else? It's just a good time. My oldest daughter, her birthday is in a month, so she's always asking, is my birthday tomorrow? Is my birthday in the morning? How long until my birthday? We're in holiday mode now at this point because it's birthday, Thanksgiving, Christmas, my birthday, my daughter's birthday, my youngest daughter's birthday. So we've got like a stretch of celebration coming into this time of year. So things are good. That's so cool. It's, you know, I think definitely once it turns, like the calendar turns to October, it does fast forward to January at that point. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, it's good to be on a show like this and, and take a pause and help people who are just as busy Stay tuned to things that are important for their work, for their life, for things that matter on the job. And I previewed this episode, we're going to talk about affirmative action hiring. It's an article that came out from the evil HR lady. So, you know, let's go ahead. Let's jump into it. Summer, you mind setting up while we were working? Sure thing. So thanks, everyone, for joining. Thank you, Joey, for that intro and taking a little pause. The While We Were Working segment of our show is where Joey and I scour the web. We consume a lot of content. We try to find one thing that is worth chatting about a little further between the two of us and sharing our casual thoughts with you. And well, the show would be the show while we were working if it wasn't with that idea in mind that we're sharing this article because you may have missed it because we know you're so busy working. And as Joey mentioned, the evil HR lady, uh, this was a couple, well, about a month and a half or so ago, I wrote an article about affirmative action in hiring and Uh, the challenges and solutions. And I I think this was really timely because not too long before that, Joey, you probably heard that the Supreme Court had ruled that educational institutions couldn't use affirmative action uh, to favor one race over another. So I thought it was, uh, you know, really still a time relevant topic to chat about and what what that means in terms of some future challenges that we're likely to encounter as a result. And so that's how we got here today. Yeah. And, you know, we're no strangers to tough topics here. I think we've covered everything from, you know, the employee that had body odor in the workplace to discrimination, to uh, preventing sexual harassment, 
So we're going to cover the topic yeah, that people stuff. really and truly need to hear about it. In fact, it's one of our values here at Jumpstart, you know, be part coach, part cheerleader. So we tell you what you need to know, but we're uh, optimistic in how we help you get there. And so for this for this topic, wow. one of the things that stood out to me in the article is there's a quote from from Michelle Baggio, who is the associate professor in the Department of Economics at the University of Connecticut. And what Michelle says is, we find that the relationship between racial diversity and performance measured by revenue has a U-shape. So that means that very commodity teams, they perform well, the revenue is high. As diversity increases, the revenue decreases. So there's a cost to diversity until it's just a minimum. And then a higher level of diversity, the performance increases again and basically overweights the initial cost. So that kind of took a turn for a bit, but what it says is there... The middle ground is like the worst place to be for diversity. You want to be all in. You want to make sure that you're committed to the values of diversity. And so with this ruling, it kind of, the Supreme Court ruling kind of puts that in jeopardy a bit. But the professor says, no, you got to go, you got to go all in on this thing because that's where the the true profit and uh, productivity lie. Um, So that stood out to me. But what are some other things that you're, Thing in this article that that folks should know about. Yes, I I think there's there's quite a bit, and we won't be able to cover all of them in the show. But you know, I, I want to share why you know why this is important to people leaders uh, and and to business owners. So first, um, just to kind of do a quick revisit um, in regards to some of the applicable laws that you know kind of umbrella over this is you know first we have federal law, right, who has prohibited that hiring for a very long time, you know, prohibits affirmative action. Uh, But, you know, the reason why this is important is because it will affect businesses. And in this article, some very, very big names, you know, we're talking about like Apple, Starbucks, American Airlines, Bayer, Ikea. I mean, the list goes on. Some of these big businesses submitted essentially a brief to the court saying that, you know, prohibiting universities from running these affirmative action programs are going to negatively have uh, what they're saying is a downstream effect to businesses. And here's kind of the the idea summarized. It's that these businesses depend on these universities to have racial and ethnic diversity in their programs, right, to then supply the workforce with an equally diverse you know, qualified pool of candidates. So it's really interesting that they're saying, like, without this, it will then in turn result in you know less diverse candidate pool and mm-hmm. have an effect in the future workforce. Really fascinating. Yeah, I, we're we're in such an interesting um, place in our society now with with the practice of uh, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, because science and, and, and research shows that uh, productivity is a, a key benefit of diversity. But then we have courts saying, wait, let, let's pair that back a bit. And so we're just kind of caught in, okay. this, in this conundrum. Um, I don't have uh, the research in front of me now about, you know, how much intentional spending is going towards the EI efforts <laughs> or uh, are we promoting women and minorities and, and those in different protected classes and in, in positions of leadership. But 
this is truly going to be a, a topic that we think about for the next year or so is where, where should an organization fall when it comes to uh, topics like this? And where will our government ultimately end up? So it's pretty, pretty interesting time, pretty interesting times for sure. It, it definitely is. And I, I would encourage everyone to go out and read the full article oh, yeah. because there's a lot of really great information that we just simply don't have time to cover in the show. But I, I think it gives a really interesting perspective on actions that organizations can take in light of this. So, you know, if we believe that you know, there is going to be the downstream effect of diversity for, you know, this change at the college level. What can we do as an organization to expand our recruiting, to have a greater reach, to reach those diverse candidates? And then even kind of backing up a little bit further, Joey, and asking the question, well, hold on, wait, like, is a college degree even necessary for this role? And You know, I think that's a much broader look at really taking that step back and you can cast a much wider net if you're not limiting yourself just to, you know, college graduates. So definitely a lot of thought provoking things in this article. And regardless, it's definitely something that all organizations will want to be thinking about how it could potentially impact. Okay, so if you are reading or if you're part of our community and you're taking in this this article and you're not sure what next steps to do with your business, maybe you're looking to refresh your own uh, diversity recruiting strategy or your diversity efforts. Well, did you know that we have a, a diversity coach on our team here at Jumpstart and we're able to offer training, strategy, consulting, audits and reviews to help make sure that you're making the most of your push into uh, diversity, equity, and equity efforts. So you can check out our prepaid HR consulting package on our website, and that will give you the the time, the tools, and the expertise to see some uh, really important changes (laughs) for the better in your organization. Sometimes it's better to have a guide walk you through some of these challenges. And sometimes you don't know what you don't know. But a guide who sees this stuff all the time is able to help you overcome your uh, challenges, overcome any fears, and will help you get across any hurdles that might exist in implementing some winning strategies in your business. So check out our website, jumpstart-hr.com. And check out our prepaid HR consulting package. And we're happy to chat with you and work towards building your better business and doing it together. Let's go ahead and jump into our next segment, which is Consultant Corner. A consultant corner is the good, bad, and ugly of life as an HR consultant in the trenches. And this week, we've got a topic that, quite frankly, I'm surprised we haven't heard more about this. Uh, because it's all about work from home. And the question that we have today and we're going to cover is, is it true that remote workers are covered for injuries in their own home? How do we know if they're being truthful? So, Summer, we work from home, or at least remotely. Uh, So, what's your response to this? as a uh, remote HR pro 
Uh, seeing, seeing some various workers cop claims in, in your day. What are, what are your thoughts? Well, I have a lot of thoughts, Joey. I appreciate you asking. I mean, <laughs> the first thing that comes to mind is that I've seen an assortment of just really wild claims at, you know, at physical offices, you know, things where injuries and accidents happen in ways that you're thinking, how is that even possible? But clearly it happened, right? And so, you know, it gets me thinking a little bit more of it. When you have a physical office, you have more control over the environment, right? You can set up certain things a certain way to ensure that they are safer than if they are in somebody's home. Uh, And so, you know, it really gets you thinking about if your team member's home is indeed their workspace, which is, you know, by default covered as their work site under your workers' comp claim, then, you know, if I want to do everything that I possibly can to protect my business and claims, you know, to the extent that I can, Mm -hmm. well, There's a little bit of work that I need to do. And I think part of that work that we think of when you're in office is safety training, right? Like safety in the workplace training. Well, but we're not having those same conversations about safety in the workplace in terms of home. But we should be. (laughs) We absolutely should be, Summer. And there's this word that gets passed around called common sense. And uh, one thing my mom used to say is that common sense isn't as common as as you think. And <laughs> I I say that in in the context of this conversation, not like to be to be me, but from a standpoint of like maybe Joey's expectations of what safety in a work uh, place at home that might be yeah. different than Summers. I mean. Well, when- I'm looking at Summer's background now. It's very clean. It's clutter-free. But if you were to see my office, you know, it's like the mad side situation where there's stuff everywhere, right? So um, one thing that you can do when you're deploying people to work from home or hybrid or whatever the case may be is coming up with a policy and maybe even a helpful diagram or um, lookbooks of, what a what? Uh, safe workplace should should look like. You know, okay. everything from clutter-free cords or taping them down to the ground or having cord covers. Um, if there are, uh, if there's a presence of, of liquids, right? Making sure they're not close to electric receptacles or, you know, knocking your coffin down and it falling into a surge protector and just, you know, starting a, a catastrophe. So I think, um, the more you can do to proact- preemptively yeah. show people what your standards are for um, <laughs> safe reworking from home, I think it'll go a long way in reducing injury, but also reducing costs. Okay. So I think what I'm hearing is that, you know, we we need to find ways to train our team members on safety in the workplace and redefining and helping everybody understand that that definition of workplace does still apply to them. Because their home office, the space that they're working, is exactly what we're talking about. So I'm going to take this topic a little bit further, Joey, because, you know, it's pretty widely known that when it comes to office workers in general, that the majority of the injuries that they sustain on their job 
is a result of poor ergonomics. And I'm not going to pretend to be an ergonomics expert, but I'm going to make an attempt to explain essentially that ergonomic, oh my gosh, hopefully don't butcher this. Ergonomics (laughs) is essentially the act of ensuring that your workspace is set up in a way that doesn't cause you harm. So For example, thinking about your desk height. So I know I'm very sensitive to the height of my keyboard. If it's too high, then my shoulders lift up and at the end of the day, everything hurts, right? And if it's too low, then I'm going to hunt and then like different parts of my back hurt. That's just one example. But, you know, there's so many such as the height and placement of your screen, your chair, like are your feet resting comfortably, So there's a whole long list. And where I'm going with this, Joey, is that we used to do at at some of the places I worked, we would have like an ergonomics checklist. So as a team member, you were responsible for going through the checklist to make sure your workstation was set up super high level, but like ergonomically appropriate. And if not, then it prompted like you need to have a conversation with your manager. So where I'm going with this is if we have individuals working from home, setting up their own workstations with really no guidance on what's going to set them up for success to work, but also for their long-term health. From a like worker's injury standpoint, we really, really should be rethinking this, don't you think? A lot. I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. I think it's important to make sure that people have that. It goes back to that common sense thing, like a shared understanding of the importance of ergonomics and you know, okay. why should my screen be at this level? Why do why? my wrists or sorry, my elbows need to be, you know, flexed at a certain degree so that I can okay. type on a table? How how long oh, should I sit oh. in a chair for a period of time? Mm-hmm. How long do I need to stand up if I'm sitting down? How long do I need to sit down if I'm yeah. standing up? Okay. Uh, what tools are available to do improve workplace ergonomics and, mm-hmm. you know, maybe what are available through possibly insurance or an FSA or mm-hmm. what might be available through a company providing those. All of those, all of those factors are important. And as, as people readers, these are some of the things that we have to think about to make sure that we've got a, a great workplace experience for everybody. I had a quick question because you said something and really? I know the answer, but I think it it's kind of a great, great little piece to elaborate on is... Wow. You mentioned that um, if I don't have a setup that's ergonomic, that, you know, I may potentially consider, you know, buying the things that I need just kind of on my own if that's what I choose. But you also mentioned that I may want to ask the company for some of these things. Can you talk just a tiny bit about that Mm -hmm. and why I think that's an important takeaway, not only for employees like staff who may be thinking like, hey, that's me or business owners or, or people leaders who are like, huh, like I need to do this. Yeah. Yeah. I'll touch on it for sure. So when we think about the idea that a person is at work and we think about the fact that in the injury, we are believing that it occurs during work hours. If we're (laughs) looking to mitigate the risk of injury, eliminate, um, injury from happening or to help treat an injury, then I would say it's an employer's responsibility to make sure that uh, a person has a, a safe and effective workspace and yeah. that they have uh, safe workplace practices while they're at their desk. So 
Certainly. Um, I would imagine from an American yeah. with the Disabilities Act standpoint that this would, this would come into play. There may be other factors that come into play. But ultimately, to keep <laughs> our workers healthy, it would be no different than <laughs> doing the same thing for folks who come <laughs> in, in the office. Yes, I, I'll actually add one one bonus tip here. Um, certainly, there's I, I think there's so much here to cover, and it's always on a you know kind of company by company basis. Like you know, Joey, I, I know you'll you'll share with our listeners how they can work with us and get more support to evaluate their individual situation. But if what we've shared so far isn't enough to get you thinking about, we've got some work to do in regards to safety in a remote work environment. You know, Joey, you chatted a little bit about a company providing this equipment. So the the nugget I'm going to share is if you're an employer, beware of saying no to reasonable requests because there are states and uh-huh. well, California is one of them that is very specific to say that companies cannot pass along business expenses to their employees. Uh-huh. And so if having an ergonomic chair is reasonable, uh, asking an employee to pay for that is not allowed in California. So that's just one example. But when you start thinking about having employees purchase these things on their own, because maybe you've just determined, well, you don't need a gel wrist pad. You might want to rethink that one very carefully and evaluate those requests in, you know, just being very mindful that you don't run afoul of the law. I can see the headline now. $12 gel (laughs) wrist pad turned into $50,000 claim. I mean, it's not unheard of. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you had mentioned it, Summer. Someone probably tuning into this show and they're like in this are are we just flying do we have ergonomics set up do we have the appropriate policies in place for or procedures in place for people to make those requests if you're if you're asking those questions the answer is probably no you don't have the right thing in place but the answer is also let the experts take care of that for you so you know we've got a prepaid package of hours that you could purchase block of 10, 20, 30, 40, to help uh, you create policies, to help make sure you know the laws that you're applicable to in the states that you have have employees. So I mentioned California being one of the places where, you know, you, you really need to tune into the employee side of things. But there are other states as well that are very employee-friendly when it comes to managing their, their safety. And so... If you're not sure where to start, the best place to do is best place to go is to take a look at our website. I've got a package of uh, prepaid consulting hours, and that will allow you the peace of mind to know that someone's working on your behalf to get these solutions that are <laughs> incredibly important. Check us out at jumpstart-hr.com, and that's how you can get your policies in place and sleep better at night knowing that your employees are working in a safe environment. I think with that, you know, do you have any parting thoughts, Summer? Anything you wish to share about uh, any more ergonomic fun facts or, you know, what are you, what are you thinking? You know, I, I, I think my parting thought is really not to be very careful not to overlook the importance of what we've discussed because I have seen it 
in real life where something real, real quick example is a workers comp claim uh, that went on for years. So we're talking very, very expensive was actually the result of one of those like ceiling tiles. You know, they're like square and they like they sit in the framework Mm -hmm. um, in the ceiling. It fell and it hit somebody on the head and it gave them a neck injury that had them out of work for a very long time. So I mention it because, you know, it's like some things like they probably didn't see that coming, right? That's not something that maybe was as preventable. But I mention it simply as an example of something that might seem like, oh, like as unfortunate that happened, but they should be able to recover in a short amount of time, especially when it comes to ergonomics is not always the case. They can be long lasting and very, very expensive claims. So a little bit of money spent on prevention is definitely a really, really good plan for a long term, like health and safety. Absolutely. Or that I'll be in it for the long haul. So let's let's make those, those appropriate adjustments. Mm-hmm. This has been a great show of while we were working, covering the top, the tough topics that you may not have been paying attention to because you're too busy working. If you like the show, leave a five star review on Apple Podcast or Spotify or wherever you get the show. And uh, we'd love for you to take a look at our growing catalog of podcasts where we cover tough hitting topics that will. When you listen to them, you'll you'll learn more, you'll be a better people leader, and your team will thank you. So until next time, we'll see you. Have a great week. Thanks, everyone.